Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to I Want You to Watch This. If you are listening right now, you should go ahead and click that subscribe button, that follow button, whatever it is on your platform that you listen to podcasts on. Just go ahead and subscribe to us. Leave us a review if you're on iTunes or if your podcatcher does have a rate and review feature. Please feel free to leave us a review. We would love to hear what you have to say. And if you have any movie suggestions, you can always send us those too over on our Twitter at IWYTWT. All right, let's get ready for the show. So it looks like uh, after the end of season three, like Chidi like really ended up in the bad place. Um, yeah, that trailer for Midsummer looks pretty interesting. I'm upset that I'm the only one who missed it. Yeah, I mean, he was on screen for like half a second. He was on screen for half a second and both Craig and I go, Chidi! <laughs> yeah, uh, I was telling Tara in the theater that it would be interesting to see how they do a horror movie that pretty much has to take place in broad daylight the entire time so because that's what midsummer is yeah <laughs> yeah so that'll be interesting to see i'm excited for it um and it's the same director as hereditary which i also really enjoyed so and yeah. had i seen chidi i would have been even more excited to see that movie than i kind of was just from that trailer <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the idea that a horror movie takes place yeah with, like, like a, no a darkened broad corners daylight. and broad daylight yeah, yeah. and <laughs> with this whole creepy kind of uh wicker man-esque aesthetic to it <laughs> yeah, yeah the 70s <laughs> wicker man the, not yeah. the nicholas cage <laughs> not the nick cage wicker man <laughs> but like with this whole like oh like culty pagany pagany thing that's like really creepy and cool yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah um and a24 pretty much uh pretty much anything from a24 yeah, they're doing like a cult movie they're like a cult studio at this point like everyone is just they, like they're a cult of their cult films. oh yeah, yeah they're like the, the cult studio is putting out a cult movie about cults yeah <laughs> we're gonna bring an exhibit yo dog i heard you like cults <laughs> but yeah so uh, pitch yeah. a cult film to them <laughs> well i'm glad that you guys could join me and uh welcome welcome to the untethering. <laughs> oh, God. Ah. Well, yeah, if you couldn't tell, if you don't know, uh, if you don't know what that's from, first of all, just stop now and yeah. go see yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. if, if that voice isn't creeping you out for a good reason, like, you need to stop listening to this and go see the movie. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we went and saw us. Uh, some of us even saw it twice this weekend. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we are so excited to talk about this movie. Uh, this is Jordan Peele's second movie, um, and this is like two years, right? Uh, Get Out came out what the end of two thousand sixteen. Yeah, or no, the beginning of two thousand sixteen, wasn't it? Oh, I think I it was like remember. a January February. I think it was a January February release. Yeah. Uh, and the year, I don't know the month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he is gone full on horror. Um, like the last movie was kind of a social thriller, like social commentary movie. Um, this one does have like, it's social commentary, but not in the same way. It's not like about not, race. Not in quite as heavy handedly. Not as overtly. Like, yeah, yeah, not as overtly. This one, there's social commentary, but it's much subtler. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it definitely leans more into like full like horror, like the tropes of horror into um, playing with those a lot. And, you know, I'm sure like his 
like mechanics of a mind or just like mm. putting all these pieces together and the way that they come out is I think fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with a lot of specific references to other horror films. Like yeah. And some specific references to non-horror films that also play really well into this horror that, that just makes this so strong of a film. Like, yeah, well, you guys will have to get on the reference train because I haven't seen like a whole lot of horror, so I'm kind of going into this with like pretty fresh eyes in well, terms of... I mean, <laughs> we'll get into it when we get into spoilers, but the movie that this is most like referencing, I haven't seen. I just know about from like kind of a lot of cultural osmosis and like having read about it. Okay. Which is, which one would you say it's the most based on? Chud. Oh, you're right. Oh, I totally missed the Chud angle. Oh, <laughs> we'll get we'll that? get into the Chud angle hard when we get into spoilers. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into that Chud, you guys. Yeah, we're gonna Chud it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Essentially, this movie, we're going to start with as non-spoilery of a review. So pretty much, if it's kind of in the trailer, we'll pretty it's much talk about it. Today. Yeah, yes. and then once I have we... not seen the trailer, so if I start going into not in trailer land, let me yeah, know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> keep, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on you. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, so essentially this family is going on vacation. Uh, it is uh, Adelaide, who is played by Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, her husband, why am I forgetting his name, played by the lovely Winston Duke and his amazing thighs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should like pull up the cast on this, but my phone is way over there, and <laughs> I, will pull it, I will pull it up in the meantime. Um, but yeah, so the family is going on vacation. I'm really upset that I can't remember Winston Duke's character name right now. Um, but yeah, they are going to Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz, Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz. Santa Cruz. Uh, and this is the place where um, Adelaide, her childhood home or her childhood like vacation home that she would go to and uh so they are returning and as we see early in the movie um one of the first things that happens is when she was there before with her parents uh to kind of escape them like they're arguing she kind of heads off and goes down the beach and goes into this uh hall of mirrors uh type area that's like it's like shaman quest uh like find yourself and so she goes in and she finds herself. <laughs> there is another version of her. Uh, and as she, uh, and then we quickly cut to the present, present day. day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and so, yes, uh, we have Winston Duke uh, plays Gabe. Gabe. Yep. Uh, and uh, let's see. Shahadi Wright Joseph is Zora, who is the daughter. And Evan Alex is Jason, who is the son. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, these are, they're going on vacation. They're meeting up with like some friends out there, uh, Emily Moss and Tim Heidecker. Elizabeth Moss. Sorry. What did I say? Emily Emma, Moss. Yeah, Sorry. Elizabeth I wrote that in my notes too. <laughs> e Moss. Yeah. E, yeah. E Moss. <laughs> uh, that's to be like a DJ name or something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, who plays Kitty and then Tim who plays Josh. Tim Heidecker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like okay, I just love like the casting choices Jordan Peele makes in this movie too. Well, I don't know if he like made all the casting choices, but I'm sure he played a hand in it. But because... I'm sure like getting people like Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker is not just something a casting agency does. Like that's something that 
Jordan Peele did. Yeah, and I think he has, like, uh, past work experience with Tim Heidecker on some show or another. Yeah, I, I mean, they were both in the realm of sketch comedy for a very long time. Yeah. So. Uh, is that where he comes in? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, who he yeah. Is, uh, yeah, Tim Heidecker is from, uh, oh, what's the name of that show? Uh, Tim and Eric. Oh, okay. oh, that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, so, yeah, they're, like, having a vacation. They're hanging out. Uh, things are, And then things start to get a little creepy. <laughs> so uh, they're, um, Gabe, like, wants them to go to the beach. Uh, and it's the same beach where she got lost as a child. And she is understandably, like, very anxious about that. Uh, and so as they go, she's, like, really on edge for most of the time. Uh, yeah, and and you think that at first that she's making the classic horror mistake of she's like I don't want to go into the basement she's like I don't want to go back to that place of childhood trauma and you're like what what you seem like a smart person don't go in the basement don't go back to the place of childhood trauma oh but lo and behold in the spoiler section we'll talk about how yeah. <laughs> there's a twist to that um, but yeah so they go to the beach there's a little freak out because uh, when. Jason. Uh, Jason goes to like use the bathroom. He runs into a creepy figure. Uh, we see this trail this figure. This in is in the trailer. Yeah, um, you know, bloody hand wearing like a trench coat, uh, and he uh, goes to the bathroom, comes back, and uh, for a minute he's like lost there. And so Adelaide is freaking out. She's you know wondering if he's gotten taken, and. Yeah, and then as we go back home that night, everything's kind of chilled. Uh, you know, Gabe is like kind of like trying to make a move, which is again like a glorious moment yes, of in just the like. Spoiler section, we will talk about that scene a lot. Well, we can talk about that. The one, no, just the one where uh, he's like laying in bed and he's and he's like got his like legs out and he's like in his boxes. He's, just, he's just totally like, man spreading on this bed. Yeah. You have this crotch shot yeah. essentially yeah. of him in his big, beautiful thighs, yes. right? And his boxers kind of like schlubbily being just like, like, hey. hey. Yeah. Like, Which, big audience laugh, right? Because it's yeah. like kind of not very sexy, but at the same time, it is sexy. It's that like, casual sexy yeah yeah it's a, it's i mean it's he's full of dad jokes and yes. very like dad energy he's got like the dad bod he's got the dad jokes yep. he's got like all of the dad things like in line like the glasses like everything like to a t and like even like when he's like flirting he's just like hey, hey. and it just like sounds so dad like you know <laughs> you're just like yeah you are a father of children and yes. you yeah. sound like it yeah. <laughs> he, he's got the dad thing of like he's excited about the boat <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> called crawdaddy yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah speaking of the audience uh, I feel like we can talk about that here because yep. uh, I do love how this movie does a very good job of um, pulling things really taut and then letting loose a little bit with the laughs yeah. uh, and Jordan Peele's comedy background definitely helps him with that it, it, it's so well and also I mean one of the things I noted about the audience was like as things like are really starting to ratchet up with the tension, what's first happening is everyone is laughing. Like once like the doppelgangers are first introduced and it's like, oh, this is starting to get really creepy. Everyone's laughing and then it gets to a point like we talked about with like Spike Lee and Black Landsman where like everybody stops laughing. Yeah. But then like you're saying, like he finds places to like release that tension and bring in like a laugh here and there to yes. like keep us like okay without just running us over the edge yeah well like terrifying it is like in the first scene where they first uh encounter the doppelgangers they first like enter the house and they're all like sitting on the couch 
and Gabe's just like, you know, like, you know, I'll give you anything you want. Like, you know, I've got, you know, money. I can go to the ATM. Like, I'll give you the boat. And then like, um, uh, damn it, the daughter. Uh, Zora. Zora. Zora, thank you. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's going to remember. Them I'm like bad with names in real life, <laughs> yes, too. So exactly. it's like. <laughs> Nobody wants the boat, dad. Yeah, no one wants the boat, dad. dad. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> Just this moment where they're like all in tears. They're all just like so like scared for their lives. And then she says like, yeah, no one wants the boat, dad. And it's like everyone in the audience just like cracks up because it's a great moment. And it's that alternation (laughs) between like this building suspense and kind of eeriness and you're not sure where it's going to take. And then some laughter and then build again and then laugh some more and then build again. Oof, oof. So well, well and structured. I feel like that's how you know most jokes in general are structured too. So I feel like coming from a again coming from a comedy background, also um, just you know Jordan Peele has said time and time again how much he loves horror movies and how much you know they shaped like his childhood and you know his upbringing and so I feel like um, being able to translate that type of format into horror uh, probably comes pretty easily to him and. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great thing when he because that I feel like most horror movies do try and do that either way, but you know, it can come off as like being campy or it can come off as like not hitting right, but because he like knows how to shape a good joke, like then that becomes like, oh, it's actually funny at the end of it instead of just like Oh, that was weird, or it falls flat, or just like comes or off as like, like really a one-liner, cheesy. like from an action movie, yeah. like "Hasta la vista" or whatever. Right? Yeah. It doesn't it, feel like that. And the yeah. inverse is also true because we saw like it's the Alamo, so they show clip packages before, and one of the things they were showing before was all these Key and Peele sketches that are kind of horror-centered, where it's like, oh, this thing and this trope about horror movies we're going to make fun <laughs> the of. The racist right? zombies. The zombies. <laughs> yeah, the that's zombies one of my favorites. Touch the <laughs> black people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the uh, the Family Matters one is the one that I really love too. The um, yeah, or the, there like... is no Jaleel. <laughs> it is Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any more that we can talk about without, without, without spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> uh, one moment that I, I did also love in that first scene, we'll, we'll go like kind of through the first time that they encounter the doppelgangers, and I feel like that'll be a good place to move from there. Uh, but like, yeah, when they first come out and um you know gabe goes out and he's like trying to do like the like hey neighbors like you know like how's it going like you're on our property (laughs) and then they're just like standing standing there just like completely like deadpan like no response no nothing and then things start to like ratchet up uh and then uh adelaide one of those moments is she like tells Zora, she's like, put your shoes on. Yes. And she like moves so fast. Like, this is like one of those movies where, uh, so, you know, there's obviously like the tropes of like, you know, horror movies where it's like, you know, the white people in the horror movies, it's like, don't go in that door. Like, yep. what are you doing? <laughs> and it's like, this is kind of like a situation where, um, they don't really, they're trapped. So they don't really have a choice but to be there. And then, like, even in that, they're like all making smart decisions. Smart they're decisions. all like, get the baseball bat. Yeah. Put your shoes on. <laughs> Don't split up. Don't, Don't go anywhere up. by yourself if you can help it. Like, yep. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, Zora goes to like grab her shoes. And then, like, by the time things like start hitting the fan, they're like, um, they lock the front door and then they're like, oh, did someone lock the back door? And like, Zora runs off again and she's like, no, like, don't go by yourself. Like, yep. <laughs> buddy system, buddy system, buddy system. <laughs> so they're smartly, you know, trying to survive this. And it was so interesting in that, in that scene where the, 
the moment the audience really lost their shit in terms of it. Can I say shit on this? Yes. We curse all the time. Of course you can fucking say shit. What the fuck? So the moment the audience really lost their shit was when standing in the uh, this might be a spoiler. Uh, standing in the driveway, there's a moment when uh, they don't the the doppelganger standing in the driveway. They don't rush it at them. They don't do anything other than a choreographed, clearly choreographed move to move around the house. In yeah, this, like super stylized yeah, movement. That, that's that's in the trailer too. Yeah, that's in the trailer. Yeah, okay. okay. But it's yeah, it's um, yeah, the doppelganger who we come to learn his name uh, Red. She does like a little like. And then, like, everyone just, like, snaps and, like, moves away. And then even as they, like, come in and once they're sitting in front of the fireplace, you know, there's, like, she just kind of, like, moves her head and she, like, flips it to the side. And then uh, Abraham, who is a Gabe's clone, uh, you know, takes him and, like, pulls him away. And then, yeah, it's, it's all just, like... clearly orchestrated, yeah. right? And in all these, like, non, like non-word, non-verbal and, like, physical cues, which to me makes it even more terrifying, yeah. right? You don't need to say hit it yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a hand motion that says we're now moving to phase two of this plan yeah and then that's uh you know pretty much the entire uh all of the doppelgangers are you know nonverbal. uh and then we get this moment where after all of these like nonverbal cues and these like little clicks like everyone's sitting in front of the fireplace and then like red just like what's up and it's one of the, it's like a perfect again like a moment of like that tension just being like snapping but like not in a comedic way like in in the opposite direction where it's like this like shock all of a sudden where everything's been like silent and like all of these like you know again non-verbal cues and then and Here then to go. hear her voice, and then it's so choked and so stylized, and the kind of camera zooms in at that moment at a particular angle. It actually reminded me of, I don't think it's a reference to this movie, but it really reminded me of in Rashomon, the moment the spirit um, voice starts talking in this highly stylized, extreme makeup, and this like, crazy voice. <laughs> and I can't do it, sorry. <laughs> but that it has that impact where you could feel everyone in the audience just shift and tighten. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about anything else without talking about spoilers? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I think probably going through that first scene is probably as far as we're going to get because, yeah, once they kind of, like, had that first encounter, things yeah. take off from there. Yeah. Because this is, like, still pretty early in the movie, like, uh, which is the interesting thing is, like, from the trailer, it feels like, um, you almost feel like it could be like an entirety of a movie, but it really is just like the first maybe half an hour that is like everything that's in the trailer is really from like the first half an hour, half hour of yes. this movie. And there are other things in that first half hour which set up the second half of you know the other parts of the movie, but I that's a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we will take a little break here, and when we get back, we'll get into our spoiler-filled review. So this movie. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just uh, I was just like, staring creepily. I was just staring creepily just across. Staring. <laughs> so this movie opens with a Chiron that says something about like uh, there are like 
miles of like un tunnels beneath the United States. Like some of them are mine shafts. Some of them are like abandoned subway systems. Some of them like, and some of them we don't like even know and all this stuff. And so that's giving you a clue as to what this movie is going to be about. And then immediately coming out of that, and this is why I think Jordan Peele is so clever. And what I like about him is that he's very clever without having to shove his cleverness in your face like Christopher Nolan does. <laughs> um, is that like the first scene and possibly the first shot after that, Chiron, is we see some VHS tapes on a shelf. And those VHS tapes are Chud, The Goonies, and The Man with Two Brains, which is not referencing this film, but is just a little reference to Get Out. Mm -hmm. But just by the fact that we're seeing Chud and The Goonies, it's going to be a lot of stuff about, like, oh yeah, underground. Like underground Subterranean. Uh, what, like what's cannibalistic humanoid surface? underground dweller <laughs> yes. is what Chud is. Chud. Yes, that's what Chud stands for. Yes. Yep. I haven't seen any of those movies, so. Oh, well, we should do a, a subterranean nightmare <laughs> series. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely sets up that you're going to be below the surface. That scene also sets up the theme of Hands Across America. So we're now into spoiler realm. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So um, for those of you who maybe are too young to remember, but I remember Hands Across America very well. So it was this very much in the vein of like, we are the world, right? That's and exactly it, what I thought. Like, yes, we are the world. It, 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 they were both at the same time. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's the same yeah. era. Before and it's I was the born. same kind of. <laughs> okay. It's the same kind of like nice gesture, you, sort of where it's trying to bring awareness to a cause. In this case, Hands Across America was about kind of hunger and poverty and kind of trying to help homelessness, uh, you know, alleviate homelessness. Wait, I wait, let me guess. Yeah. Let me guess. It didn't work. Oh, my gosh. Wait. What? Oh, wait. How no, no, wait. I out? thought we, fi wait, we, no, we fixed homelessness. We, we fixed the we homelessness. Fixed that. That's we right. Okay, cool. That. We fixed that. <laughs> so, uh, again, that I would put this in the category of things Americans like to believe are a good idea that are very little risk to themselves personally and are not about actual transformation. <laughs> I feel so. like that was like the original, um, you know, like, do you want to leave a dollar? Do you want to round up your purchase, like, to donate yes. to, like, a charity, like, at the grocery store? Yes. It feels like that type of yes. mentality of, like, yeah, I will donate, like, this, like, rounded up extra cents of my, yes. you know, $300 purchase to... <laughs> so I'm going to put this in the category of um, what's called pseudo-activity, like, false activity, where, like, something so bad, like homelessness or poverty or hunger, right? And you feel like, and it's really complicated, but you feel like you want to do something and you just like have to do something, right? You have to help, uh, usually in a meaningless way that does nothing, but you feel satisfied that yeah, you've yeah, done like, something let, Let's to do help. something yeah. symbolic. Yes. Yeah. As a substitute for actual change. It's called, it's an academic term, pseudo-activity, right? Hmm. Well, mm. I, I wonder how that could fit into this movie. I know. Where... <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> so in that opening shot, it set up Chud, uh, Hands Across America, that we also in those opening scenes set up um, uh, Michael Jackson's thriller, right? Which again, will be referenced again and again during it, but... Um, you know, when at the time, uh, Michael Jackson, I don't know how well you all remember the Thriller video, but it had to come with a, um, a front title card that said that he in no way endorses a belief in the occult because he had gotten so much backlash from the black community, in particular Southern Baptists, about that this was uh, that Thriller was a video about the occult. So you have this star person who's a star, an important figure in black history, who also might be a villain, who is it's a little bit problematic. Maybe that might be another theme that comes out in this movie. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's uh, I I really like that whole thing of. Well, all right. I feel like we should kind of like build and then yes. kind of sorry, get to, sorry. Get to, yeah, I just well, dropped no, no, this no. there. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Well, well, I'm just like I'm talking about where I'm gonna go from here because, uh, I don't want to give away the big big thing quite yet because it's really it's really great. No, we have to like get to that. And again, yeah. like just like if you're still listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, go like, fucking just watch literally the movie. Stop. <laughs> seriously, like, just seriously, stop and go and watch it. Um, but. So one of the first reveals that we do get in this movie is after they leave the, uh, after they escape the first encounter with their doppelgangers, um, you know, Gabe actually ends up killing his uh, out on the lake because they he tries to like dump it, like the doppelganger Abraham tries to dump him into the river and then he ends up turning the tables and like, the, chopping his legs the, off the boat the starts boat up motor. because this was set up as a comedic bit earlier yeah. that the boat's engine is finicky and like will stop and like won't start up and like veers to the left, veers <laughs> left but then it, it starts up and the motor like cuts up the the doppelganger yeah uh, and so after they escape that first one they try and go to their friend's house uh, Elizabeth Most and Tim Heidecker uh, their characters they try and go to their house to uh yeah, find some refuge and sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> and so after they leave, we cut to their house, and uh, you know Tim Heidecker is pretty much a dick, and they both hate each other. But like you can tell, they're still just like married because. And of we should the also kids, point out maybe? that they have a pair of twin daughters. Yeah, very yeah, shining, creepy as like yep. creepy. But, but also like establishing all these themes that like visual themes of like doubling, mirroring and mirroring, doubling yes. and all of this. Yeah, because there's a, yeah, there's like a whole the whole eleven eleven thing which has already occurred multiple times. Um, because um, as they're in the house pre- uh, previously, um, Adelaide walks past the television and they're like, there's a baseball game going on. It's like it's tied eleven to eleven, and then as she goes into um, Jason's room. Uh, the clock is at eleven eleven. Uh, when they're at the beach, like a uh, frisbee is thrown and it lands perfectly on like one of the polka dots that's on the uh, the beach towel, towel or blanket. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so it's like all of these like coincidences lining up, and that's like it's funny because that's one of those things where I feel like everyone has that thing where it's like that one thing that's like I always happen to like look at the clock uh, at. 1234 so one two three three, four yeah (laughs) like it's one of those things where like that happens to me like all the time and so it's it's really interesting and really cool like how he plays on those Mm -hmm. little things that like yeah i feel like everyone has those experiences that oh that's weird and it's like that thing that happens or like when i'm walking a lot uh street lights will go out as i'm walking under Mm -hmm. them like things like that happen to me all the time (laughs) and i'm just like cool 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 Thanks for this nightmare fuel, Jordan Peele. Yeah, like, right, thanks. <laughs> they also time the lights here in Denver, which is fu- fucking scary as hell when yeah. you don't realize it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, they go to uh, uh, back at. Uh, I'm, I'm not like going to call Elizabeth Moss Tim and, and Tim Heidecker. Tim like, and Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah, we'll just call them the, the, the wealthy white couple's house. Yeah. The wealthy white couple's house. And they have doppelgangers who come in and proceed to murder the family. Yeah. And. And I think it's intentionally a contrast between, we were just saying in the non-spoiler version, where, like, their family has it together. Get your shoes. We're going to stick together. Buddy system. Whereas the the, um, white wealthy family is, like, he won't even get up to look outside. They're, like, snarking at one another. The white family does not stick together and (laughs) dies immediately. Yeah, because she's, like, uh, because, yeah, Elizabeth Moss, like, comes out and she's, like, 
I heard something outside. Like I heard some rustling around. People are walking around outside and he's just like playing it up like a joke. He like mm-hmm. goes up to the window and he's like, oh, do you see that behind the car? It's, oh, it's OJ. It's yeah. OJ Simpson. And she's like, well, And he's you. also like playing around with his like, it's not an Alexa, but it's an Alexa. Yeah, I think yes. it's like Ophelia or something like yeah. that. Or... Well, see, I think they call it two different things, Olivia and Ophelia, but I'd have to watch it again to know yeah. which one. Yeah. <laughs> which leads to one of the greatest scenes like <laughs> ever set to music. Uh, with uh, So like when they start, you like he's like trying to get it to play the Beach Boys, and then uh, as like the doppelgangers like come through and like start killing them, they don't quite kill Elizabeth Moss. And so like as she's like crawling, she's like Ophelia called the police and then Ophelia's like playing Fuck the Police by NWA (laughs) (laughs) and then so Fuck the Police starts playing uh, and it starts playing as uh, the Wilson family arrives they're the Wilsons right? Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Sure. Yeah, Gabe Let's Wilson, Adelaide, uh, <laughs> yeah. as the family start uh, starts rolling up, fuck the police is like blaring out of the house, and, <laughs> and everybody's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then again, we see uh, how coordinated <laughs> and prepared attacking works when, uh, like Adelaide first walks up and she uh, thinks it's still Tim uh, Tim Heidecker. And uh, well, the actual his yeah, actual, the, the real guy. Yeah, not, not his, his doppelganger. doppelganger. Uh, and before she can like realize it that it's not, um, well, she realizes it and then hits him in the head with her uh, fire iron, mm-hmm. and he like doesn't die. And so they like <laughs> drag her into the house. Uh, and so since um, Gabe is injured, Jason and Zora go in. And the first thing Zora does is grab something, grab a weapon. Yep. <laughs> and then she the, grabs a golf club. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jason grabs a geode, right? <laughs> Which is like, you know, a huge rock. Huge rock. But it's, again, very, like, I want to talk about the production design in these two houses because they're spot on in terms of talking about class and race and everything. So I'll, I'll let you keep going. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they end up, they go through the house and, um, the twins are still creeping around. Uh, they take them out pretty handily. Yep. Uh, and then we got to the bedroom where um, Elizabeth Moss and Adelaide are uh, sitting and Adelaide's chained to the bed. And we see um, Emily Moss, uh, Emily, <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Moss's doppelganger um, cutting herself, which is a callback to earlier when she's on the beach and she's like, she's talking about her plastic getting, surgeries, like yeah. these little things. So yeah, we see that like the doppelgangers are the doppelgangers are like very connected to yep. their like actual selves and that and, and they like take on the clothing of the people once they've killed them, right? That that's why she doesn't realize that it's not uh, the neighbors because he's put on the bathrobe right over the jumpsuit. Yeah. Yep. And that, and, was... and that the the twin girls, of course, are gymnasts, right? Because they're white upper middle class teens, so of course they're gymnasts, and that's how they fight. Yeah, and they're like super like apathetic and just like dead faced, and even more so, yes. <laughs> even more so than their um, underground counterparts. Yeah, well, because uh, Tim Heidecker's character is like actually like pretty funny in his mannerisms, like as the as a doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's very like hokey jokey, like you know that like kind of like asshole prick who's like like oh i'm just having a good time man like why do you want to like why do you want to like mess with me yeah and then uh because like when elizabeth moss is like crawling towards the doppelganger like as she's bleeding out she like reaches out and then he like reaches back and then like does like the 
hand pull away into like the you know the hair slick back yeah. like <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> he's such a dick and it's like it's so perfect and it's like you can tell they hate each other from moment one because she literally says but, I hate you and he's a dick in like but the doppelganger is a dick but in like a super scary way yes. yeah so making <laughs> like, the like uh, what is that too fast <laughs> like, like, yeah like too slow like yeah. Yeah. Thing. making that move terrifying like what a genius way to, to handle that kind of character yep um, but yeah, so as we move from there, uh, God, <laughs> we find out that pretty much this is everywhere. Like they, they try calling the cops. There's yeah. like a hold on like 911. Yeah, before we get to that, it's everywhere. Can I just pause for a second? Yeah. Because at first, I, again, so cleverly laid out. You think that it's going to be this, you know, because it's only the Wilson family and their doppelgangers, right? And they're, the Wilson family has all these markers of class, right, of being kind of upper middle class, where they, the car they drive, the fact that they were able to keep grandma's house as a vacation home, that um, Gabe is wearing a Howard t-shirt, and Howard mm. University is Howard top, University. top tier university, also in the HBCs, the historically black colleges, right? So, you know, uh, they name their daughter Zora after Zora Gil Hurston, right? Like that, all of these symbols of kind of class and privilege and wealth. And so when the doppelgangers come, you think that it's this kind of, you know, well, we are the oppressed, we are the, you know, the black family who's lived in poverty. Oh, oh, no, lo and behold, when you get to the white family, they also, it's everywhere, <laughs> everyone's being attacked. So I think it is a really smart thing of setting it up that you think it's only about race and class. Um, and then it becomes even broader than that. Yeah. And yeah. impacting everybody. Yeah. Um, or, or actually, we only see wealthy people. I'm not sure if there's any, like... Yeah, we don't see any... Well, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I can't remember. Yeah, well, you've so, seen it twice. Go, Craig. Well, no, no I yeah, mean, yeah. well, because like the first, like once they like are starting to watch TV, um, mm-hmm. then it's like, it's kind of like everywhere. It's everywhere. You're yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah, they're yeah. like yeah. they're as they're watching television. Um, it's you know the news crews are kind of yeah. like out looking and they start to see and that's when we first see that like uh, all of the doppelgangers are wearing red. Yep. They're holding hands in a line and we get like that kind of like flashback to the hands across Press America, America imagery. And oh my god, <laughs> it's like why is this terrifying? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I know why it's terrifying because it's meant to be that way, but it's so terrifying. But, but it's brilliant that you made this terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the pseudo activity becomes the horror, right? And maybe this useless gesture, in order for it to be a real gesture, has to be the Chud style from below. The people who are trapped below coming up and taking over. Yikes! That's really a radical crazy awesome statement to make (laughs) (laughs) also they're all wearing chacos which i found to be (laughs) yeah 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 not just sandals they're wearing chacos i don't know what chacos are they're like the like (laughs) like hiking sandals sandals. yeah oh like tivas or something yeah Yeah, kind of in that like tivas but like more secure like they have like a loop that goes around your toe and multiple straps what's the meaning of them i i that one i don't know like yeah i don't know if that's a specific symbol but i did notice that they were all wearing chacos yeah i mean like i saw like i had like you know a roommate in college who like only ever wore chacos and he was very Ted like <laughs> or Tim like yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I'm not gonna lie that I have a pair of Chacos and I wear them for hiking but like no. I don't really only wear them when I'm hiking so 
But yeah, no, like I had, I had a college roommate who was, yeah, he was very, he was very Tim-like. <laughs> so, got it, got uh, and it. He, and he only worked like rain, snow, sun, wow. always uh, in Chacos. Like, got it, <laughs> and, okay. got it. Yeah. Descri- that is a very great description. Thank you. I know exactly who this guy is now. I know exactly who it is. But speaking of the costume design, right, like obviously everyone's t-shirts mean something, right, that Jason has the Jaws t-shirts kind of as a nod, mm-hmm. um, the, the t- tween, the, the uh, twins have a black flag t-shirt right like that he has his howard sweatshirt like all that of there's it. a t-shirt that has a rabbit on it yeah there's yeah. a t-shirt that has oh we can get to the rabbit yeah but um when the masks right so that jason is you know a kid and wearing a mask around even it's like it's, a chewbacca mask it's like yeah. chewbacca slash wolf man kind yeah. of and then his yeah. doppelganger also has a mask like yes. that he never takes off yes. and yeah jason never takes off his mask like if he can help it yeah and, yeah. <laughs> and the mask that the doppelganger has is what, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh no, they've they've gone there. So it's a mask that's for when you have burns. It's like a compression mask to, um, you know, uh, you know, heal the skin. But of course it only comes in one color, right? Which is white people nude. <laughs> so yeah. when he peels it back, I was like, oh, he's going to be burned. Ah, look, he's burned. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's also teed up by the fact that Jason, like the real Jason, is playing with this magic trick that like centers around a lighter. Yes. So like we're gonna pay off later when his doppelganger that his doppelganger is obsessed with fire. Yes. Yeah, and they I feel like are the most connected. So I feel like it's um, I feel like it's also saying something in terms of like the maybe like as they grow up they like grow apart from their shadows because oh. that like when the movie starts it's. You know, Adelaide is, like, very connected to her shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, that's kind of how they end up, like, coming together is because they have this, like, really deep connection. And it could just be, like, maybe within that family that, mm-hmm. that like, connection goes. Uh, and then it could also be just, like, childhood. But um, I don't think we really get that with... No one is really as, is as young as Jason in this movie either, so... Um, but yeah, they are very connected to the point where when Jason moves, like his doppelganger mirrors his movements and we don't get that with anyone else throughout this movie. And it's able to kind of control his doppelganger that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how he kills the doppelganger eventually is by like using that mirroring motion to get him to walk backwards into the fire. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, that could say something in terms of like family trauma in terms of like, you know, kind of. Gen, uh, like generational trauma mm-hmm. and generational history and like all of that coming back and finding you again and mm-hmm. reflecting that throughout generations because again uh as we move forward uh we find out like adelaide she uh as after they've escaped again from these other doppelgangers they um find their they make their way um back to the beach well they're trying to make their way out but <laughs> they get stopped by Jason's doppelganger mm-hmm. who um, has lit their car on fire. Yeah. And so as they do that, and once Jason does that mirror movement to drive his doppelganger into the fire, he's kidnapped by Red. And after that, Adelaide goes after them and ends up having to go back to the Hall of Mirrors where she originally got lost (laughs) and this is where we discover that there is like a secret tunnel with an escalator with this amazing production design again with this yellow lighting coming in from the sides this tunnel that goes down to this kind of barren 
like hallway system that looks kind of like a middle school basement. Yeah, <laughs> that's the perfect description. Like, <laughs> yes, middle school basement. <laughs> uh, I, and one thing, like I did love about that too was. Uh, as they're going, Zora and Gabe are, you know, getting into the ambulance because Gabe is still, you know, his leg's been fucked up at this point. He's had to fight, you know, two of the biggest of the doppelgangers and he's he's fucked up right now. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I do love one of the like small lines that he has is, you know, like mom knows what to do. It's like not like we're worrying about, you know, her. We have to like, you know, protect her. Like, because for the most part, like she's been the one that's been like, hey, no, like. We're, we're doing this Put and this is what's going to happen. Yep. We're going like, <laughs> no, because he wants to stay at, uh, he wants to stay at the rich white family's house. And she's like, no, we need to move. We need to stay moving. And that's how we're going to survive this. Like your opinion no longer matters in this case. <laughs> and so I do love that. Like, it's like Adelaide is never someone who has to be like protected and ne never has to be like, you know, sheltered or, you know, she's like, no, I will take charge. I will do this. And it, gives, it goes back to another great movie that Lupita is in, which is Black Panther, yep. where also Winston Duke. Uh, and <laughs> yep. where, yeah, it's not like, like there are women characters who are nuanced. They are, you know, and it's never has to be like this, like nail on the head, like, look at me. I am the strong, powerful woman. It's just like, no, we... No, they, inherently they trust are. them to make the right decisions. We inherently get shit done. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> they are without the movie having to comment on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so yeah, as you were saying, Colin, uh, she goes into the tunnels below. Yes, and it's a whole network. We see rabbits just kind of like hopping around. There's empty cages where, at the beginning of the movie, we see like rabbits in those cages. Yeah, in the opening titles, we yeah. kind of are panning back from rabbits in cages to show like what looks like a schoolroom with rabbits in cages as like the whole back wall. Yeah, can we talk about the bunnies? What What do y'all think about the bunnies? I mean, I'm sure there's like some, I, cause I, you know, like they, what, pro propagate? What's the word? The sciencey word for they fuck a lot. They propagate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pro <laughs> procreate. Yes. Uh, I think propagate works too. I think yeah, both, yeah. both yeah. work. Both work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they 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 are very uh, prolific. Yes. <laughs> and, well, and, and it's the thing yeah, is like all if, these p words that just mean it, like fuck a lot. It, and have it, a lot it of makes kids. sense of if you're going to like try and sustain yourself underground with an animal, rabbits are a good choice because of how rapidly they procreate. Yeah. Uh, and so, and that you have this kind that of, they're cute and cuddly, right? And when you see the rabbit eye, it looks terrified at the beginning. You start that slow zoom out right after you've just seen Funhouse Mirror. So we have this kind of like Alice in Wonderland type, you know, like through the looking glass moment. Um, that she has a toy animal, which is her like childhood rabbit, the little, little plushie. Um, but in reality, these look like either uh, feeding pens or um, like medical testing cages. That's what I thought right? it was in the opening credits. I thought yes. it was going to be medical exactly. testing. Exactly. I think that that's what it's hinting at. And um, I, it's fascinating because like animals, uh, rabbits in particular in cages, I know this because I grew up in rural America, for rural America, that like I watched 
I, it was terrifying. Um, a caged rabbit eat its own young rather than have them be caged, right? This is something that rabbits who live in captivity do, right? And so like, this is like going back to like childhood memories. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> trauma, but being like, oh God, this is horrible, right? <laughs> so I was reading, I was like, why did Jordan Peele like pick rabbits? He's also afraid of rabbits. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jordan Peele. <laughs> but kind of eating your way out and eating your, chewing your way out of despair. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Ugh. And yeah, that's. Uh, yes, yeah, so we have these rabbits at the end. <laughs> Chewing your way out of despair. That's yes. uh, yeah, very on point <laughs> for this. I actually wrote "chew yourself free." <laughs> that's what they're doing. Um, but yeah, so we get to this kind of like this big confrontation, and oh my god, I just have to specifically say the soundtrack for this. The yes. uh, it's called uh, on the soundtrack. It's called "Pas de Deux. Um, and which which we also see in all of the visual reference because we're seeing um, a pas de deux. <laughs> well, we're seeing a pas de deux, but we also are seeing um, her like Adelaide as the Snow Queen in um, the uh, blah, 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 blah. I've done a million the Nutcracker. Oh hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, we're so we're getting like flashbacks to both of them like dancing as young girls, and it's like. Uh, Adelaide dancing, you know, on a stage and Red dancing underground. And this was like the moment where she was chosen by the other shadows to lead them and guide them. And uh, as Red calls it, you know, she believes she was chosen by God. And uh, which brings us to, I feel like it'll be a good time for our scripture here. Oh, yes. The, the 11, going back to the 11-11. Yeah. This is that someone else can read it, please. Not me. <laughs> uh, but yes. And so it Because is, on the beach originally we see someone holding a sign that says. Jeremiah 11-11. Yeah. And then it's carved into his forehead and all kinds of. Yeah. Yep. Which is, uh, therefore, thus saith the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Ooh. And yeah, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a pretty apt scripture. And it's great that it works with the whole reflective thing with of being 11 11. Yeah. <laughs> with all of the Yes. yes. And you're right, I had not caught the pas de deux part of it, right? That you're kind of, it's, you know, a pair of dancers, right? So that everyone's dancing with themselves. You have Gabe with his Howard sweatshirt on with a nonverbal grunting, you know, mirror version of himself. You have the burn kid with the kid playing with a lighter. Like, oh no, is this where he's going to end? I kept, wor I was so worried that Jason was going to get set on fire. That was my, <laughs> like, agony while watching it. No, no, Jason, no. <laughs> well, not Jason, but... Jason's clone. Yes. Jason's, <laughs> Jason's shadow. Yeah. Doppelganger. Shadow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, or um, what do they call themselves? They call themselves the tethered, right? Yeah. Yes. So his tethered self. Yeah, because this is the untethering. Mm -hmm. They are trying to cut their bonds, which is why they all have gold scissors. Why they scissors. all have scissors. Yeah. And scissors being like not a knife, but scissors, a paired instrument. Yes. Once yes. again, giving us more of that mirror imaging. Doubling to cut like, themselves free to... To use the pair to, to become freed. Yes. yes. Uh, and so the music for this scene is a very like orchestral version of I Got Five on it, which is so good. Like if you if anyone's seen the trailer, um, they use like a really like creepy version of it. And this is um, a more like 
filled out version where it do, it doesn't even do like the original in this scene. It just takes the tones from it and just huh. flips them around. Because... And, and it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the soundtrack of her going down all those escalators is just the sound of her handcuffs shaking and rattling. At one point I was like, ah! It was the most terrifying sound I had heard in a very long time. Yeah. I wouldn't see this again to be able to like close my eyes and just listen to the sound. Yeah, and that's a thing, a point that we also didn't bring up is that she has been handcuffed this entire movie uh, because at the beginning when they first show up, um, Red makes her tether, well, chain yeah, herself she says, to the table. Tether yeah. yourself to the table yeah. and hands her the handcuffs. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, she broke free and she's been walking around with one handcuff on this entire time. And um, yeah, so as we get to this like final big confrontation, there's this huge like this dancing, like very um, choreographed like type fight where uh, Adelaide is like swinging wildly as Red is like very gracefully like swinging out of the way dipping in like snipping at her like you know stabbing her in the side with the scissors and um just like adelaide can't get in a hit and then we end up like in the bed like in like the bunks where adelaide is their pens the equivalent of their like little uh bunny pens exactly <laughs> yeah. just a bunch of like twin beds like bunked together yeah. yeah uh and red you know kind of sneaks up behind her and at the last second, Adelaide turns around and just like runs her through with that fire the iron. fireplace poker. Yeah, yeah. the poker. And whew, that was like, all right, so let's like finish this out. And then, I'll go back. And then, and I'll then go we'll back. go back and yeah, talk about the twist. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as, as, as she's dying, um, Red, you know, starts to whistle and uh, Adelaide, you know, takes her handcuffs, wraps it around Red's neck like begins to choke her and then snaps her neck mm -hmm. and then we get these like she starts getting these like guttural like you know just like grunts and like starts to like laugh like maniacally yeah. and until she hears jason and uh she you know immediately you know comes back down and you know grabs him and runs back and then they end up going and getting back onto the ambulance. And as they're driving away, we get in one last little flashback where, as we see, Adelaide has gone into the Hall of Mirrors. This is child Adelaide. Yes, yeah. child Adelaide <laughs> has gone into the Hall of Mirrors. And it turns out that Adelaide is not who came out. Yeah. That Adelaide was like kidnapped by her shadow self, dragged down into the place, handcuffed to the button, and then the shadow self comes out and we get into these scenes that we've seen uh, of the couple talking about like why Adelaide is so different after this experience. Like, oh, she's been traumatized. Like she was lost for 15 minutes. Like, what's the deal? And then we're revealed like, oh no, because that's not her. Yeah. It's a whole different <laughs> person. Yeah. And she like literally doesn't know how to talk. Like the doppelganger doesn't know how to talk until she learns how to talk over all of these years. You know, she gets the best of therapy, ironically, <laughs> as um, the real Adelaide is down below trapped down below having had her throat crushed yeah. right and you don't see her talk as a little kid with the th crushed throat but you see her come back as uh the terrifying villain is actually the original adelaide yeah and 
uh, I feel like that moment where, uh, again, her throat is like completely crushed by her original shadow. Um, she's like whistling before that. And I feel like that was kind of like a moment of her being like, we both know who is who here because as we go in originally Adelaide is whistling through the hall of mirrors and so it's one of those moments where in like I feel like that was like the rage that where she couldn't just like let her like bleed out or anything like mm-hmm. that she had to like you know finish the job that she started when she first encountered Adelaide mm-hmm. and oh my god like that this so I this is why I don't well, I don't. I you just need to stop watching trailers. Apparently, for movies that I actually like, like that's and why I don't see. watch them. <laughs> yeah, because I knew from the first flashback that that's how this was gonna go down. Because in the trailer they show like the choking part of it, but in the first flashback the first they scene, don't. You don't see. You that. don't see that, uh, and so like boo, when they show that choking yeah. part, and it's something like where it's like it would have been pretty easy to like catch, and like I just overthink everything, and so I was just like. I, I, as soon as they, as soon as they, oh, they cut it off, I was like, oh, oh damn it! Like, yep. I know where this is going. Uh, but that's what, honestly, that's why I stopped watching trailers because <laughs> I can predict. Oh, now I know how this movie ends from the way they've cut the trailer. Yeah, yeah it's like, I, that's, well, and there are some trailers that just show you the whole movie in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> A dog's way home. Dog's, <laughs> dog's way home. Uh, but yeah, I still, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, and how it all played out was still really well done. Yeah. Um, especially again, like with that, where they're both kind of going through Adelaide is walking away from her parents, uh, as, uh, shadow, uh, is shadow laid. We'll call her. Shadow laid. Oh my gosh. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, like walking underground and we see like the whole like, uh, carnival, like we see, like all of the people like mimicking the themselves walk, above, yeah, yeah. Yep. like yeah. you know, like, like people standing just in rows, like shaking because the their shadows are on a roller coaster. Yeah, and then like as like you know, like one of them's like feeding a fry to the other one. It's like their like bloody fingers are like in rabbit, and like they're like feeding raw rabbit to each other, and it's just like so well done. Like even like knowing like what was happening, I obviously didn't know like the the breath of it and so seeing it all take like play out was still extremely entertaining and i loved it (laughs) and then after we do this whole reveal and it's it's like the family is safe and together we still pull back and it's even kind of this hands across america music and we see all of the like shadows just doing hands across america there's like millions and millions of these people now and that's what like he leaves us with yeah and, and doing the like the again hands across america as a failed act of pseudo activity didn't actually do hands across america like there are thousands of miles where there were gaps and like route. the ocean like no 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 <laughs> like they didn't go through the south oh, or the yeah, north they didn't and, go through like and a like lot of city to city did not connect whereas the shadow people are actually able you see them into the trees and into the woods right being able into to the move. sea even yep. like no oh, uh, yep into the sea yep they're able to do do actually the activity that um, Hands Across America failed at doing. Yeah. And uh, even with the, uh, and another thing that we see is that uh, Jason recognizes that Adelaide is one of the shadows. Like at the end, we get a look where 
she like because he, he heard her as she was below you know mm-hmm. giving like the same type of grunts and he saw her previously in the uh the white rich people's house yep. uh like when she kills one of the twins doppelgangers she you know gives some grunts there too and has that kind of animalistic like <laughs> yep and so like now twice jason has like seen this and he knows what's going on he knows but mama. he doesn't say anything and instead he just pulls his mask back down and again, like going back to that whole like kind of like family trauma, family like generational like trauma history type of thing, kind of like pulling the mask over that instead of confronting it, I feel is just one more little like twist that, you know, <laughs> Jordan Peele does. <laughs> uh, and he just does it so well. Like, And there's so many questions left at the end of it. And they're all questions that I'm fine with not being answered. Yeah. So where do you think the movie leaves us? Where do where, what are the... Where, where are we? Well, so if there was a sequel, what would be happening? Yeah. Right? One, please don't make a sequel. Yeah, don't, yeah. Two, no, no, don't make a sequel. But, but yeah. what's going to happen? And I mean, is it a thing where, like, right now they're just doing this, you know, kind of pseudo gesture like you're talking about, but we've already seen, like, one group of them, like, murder their counterparts. Is that what's going to happen worldwide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think that it's just an American thing because when they ask who they are, uh, Red says we're Americans. Yes. And so I think that it is localized to America. And I feel like it has a lot, again, to do with not only family history, but like the history of a country in terms of like those things being swept under the rug, never being confronted until like all of a sudden they like explode and there's no choice but to face them or die. And a lot of people just die because they have no idea. They've been ignoring it for so long. They don't have any idea like how to handle it. They don't even know how to talk about it. And so I, when it's it, been lingering hmm. below the surface. Uh, and, uh, yeah. the is, is that an, an American trait? Is it an American trait <laughs> to, to ignore a problem that could potentially kill us until like it, it just comes around and kills us? Because I, I never noticed that Americans do that. <laughs> and that, that's one of the things that um, Zora says early in the movie too is uh, no one cares about the end of the world. Like when they're talking, she talks about like, you know, like uh, like there being fluoride in the water for like mind control, which is kind of like a weird, like conspiracy kind of batshit thing to say. But like also like the point that she makes right after it is like, yeah, no one cares about the end of the world because the whole family is just kind of like sitting there like, they're like, cool whatever. story. Yeah, yeah. We're going on vacation, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, yeah, I definitely think that that is something that uh, more so, again, without that direct you know, racial implication yes. is like, just like in general, like, you know, so many people are just like willing to just like ignore a problem until like, yeah, until it just comes and slaps you in the face or, and then by that point it's just too late. You know, we've got what, what is it? 10 to 12 years according to, the you know, that, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then it's exactly. just like things like that where it's like, Hmm. Uh, do you think uh, the American government in its current state is going to do anything to help, uh, you know, oh. prepare us for this to help alleviate this in any way? No, they're just going to keep trying to line their pockets until, you know, because they think that at the end of the day, they're going to be fine and fuck everyone else. And, and so this <laughs> yeah. is why, to me, this is such a, like, to me personally, it's such a more sophisticated movie than Get Out, right? Get Out is phenomenal and I love it. And it's kind of like Stepford Wives gone crazy, right? It's fantastic. But this movie leaves us in this ambiguous, 
difficult, like what, ha you know, kind of tale about what happens when you don't deal with things that are just below the surface with no clear kind of morality ending, right? That we it leads us to talk about things like climate change and, you know, like maybe Americans don't deal with problems and just wet them under the carpet, right? That that as a where the movie leaves us is so much more uncomfortable and so much more powerful to me than the kind of cleat clean tidy kind ending of like yeah i mean get out leaves us with kind of a happy clean everything's wrapped up ending mm -hmm. and this one i yeah yeah I it's a lot messier which is why i'm going to yeah. guess that a lot of critics like film critics are like oh this isn't as good as get out i'm just guessing that that they'll say it's not <laughs> as good I, as I get out i haven't read the reviews but i but i do have numbers on it so oh, okay, okay. Uh, let's get those numbers colin <laughs> <Get the> numbers. <laughs> uh it has a 7.6 on imdb it has an 81 metacritic a 94 rotten tomatoes and a 70 percent audience tomatoes so i think it might be a thing of where critics are seeing like what you're seeing here they're seeing like the, the messiness the, the, the messiness yeah. and the symbols and like what we're talking about whereas you know john q moviegoer might be not picking up on that once a happy ending once things tied up and yeah in a wants it to be more and... like the ending of get out yeah, yeah because hands across america worked as we established yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also racism totally fine <laughs> yep. hey vigo mortensen solved racism guys that's oh. right oh yes the green book solved it <laughs> so maybe they just were confused that Green Book came out first while they were in production on this and they were like well the Green Book like, fixed all of racism I still so. cannot believe they like thanked Viggo Mortensen and uh, did not even mention Don Shirley uh, in, in their like awards in their fucking best picture speech I just <laughs> but again it makes sense uh, right it, it's, it's in, ignore the problem ignore the problem <laughs> ignore the problem thank you Jordan Peele for not ignoring the problem <laughs> Well, Problems. yeah, um, I think that about wraps us up on uh, us. I, I just want to talk about composition. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about it. It's either Jordan Peele, which I think it is Jordan Peele, or it's his DP, which I'm going to slaughter this name, uh, Mike Giovalakis. Uh, one of them just has this incredible eye for composition because like shot after shot after shot, I'm just looking at it. It's like, that is so gorgeous and so beautifully like put together. I just cannot get over like how well this movie is shot and it yeah. ratchets up the tension going back to where we started right that every shot and the shot selection helps that ratcheting of the tension that then gets break broken by a comedic moment i was telling you all before we started that it's one of the like i know it's a good movie when i'm actually drawing out the shots while i'm watching it <laughs> yeah and i do love uh we've gotten so many beautifully shot black people over the last couple of years um, thinking back to like Moonlight, yep. uh, thinking of uh, If Beale Street Could Talk particularly, mm -hmm. where those are two kind of opposite ends of a spectrum where Moonlight does it a lot with like cool, darker tones uh, in terms of like the lighting, like the mm -hmm. blues of it. Uh, uh, if Beale Street Could Talk is very warm, like very like, you know, almost uh, like lens flare type mm -hmm. brightness. Uh, and like these like rich warm tones and this does both of those really well like when we're at the beach and then when we're like you know at uh, at night at the house like we get both of those sides of that coin of just like this like beautifully these beautifully shot like so many times in movies like especially you know when directors are white and they don't pay attention and when you know uh and it happens across the board it happens with mm -hmm. there's like a whole discussion going on in terms of um you know actors who um are uh 
have to get their own like hairstylist because the hairstylists on set don't know how to manage <laughs> yes. or style black hair. Yep. They have to, you know, do their own makeup because a lot of times there's not even like foundation or makeup in their tones. Uh, and so like things like that where that film stock is built on a particular uh, light ratio that maybe is about white skin and not about any other types of skin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really great to be able to see, you know, what actual people caring about what that difference is and looking at it from that angle because it not only makes it better it makes it better all around because you know elizabeth moss and Ted, uh, tim heidecker are still like beautifully shot in this movie like like all of the white people in this movie are still beautifully shot in this movie because the attention is all around like there's just an all-around care and no one gets left out and so I just I love how much we've been getting of that like over the last couple of years with uh, you know more black directors also bringing more people on set who either are you know you know black or people of color or actually have that experience and have that knowledge to know how to light those people who know how to style their hair who have the tools and the ability to make these people look as good on camera as everyone should look on camera when you're making a movie. <laughs> I just have two other really quick things that are references to other movies. Um, there's a reference to Get Out where I believe it's Zora is eating dry Fruit Loops. Oh, oh my God. Does that happen? Yes. I missed that. <laughs> and you're the one who watched it twice. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, somebody, I believe it is Zora, is, at one point in the film is eating dry Fruit Loops. And then um, Red at one point says, it's our time now, our time up here. here. Yeah. Which, Which is, is a, a reference, reference to the Goonies. Goonies. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, and then another thing uh, is, uh, and thanks to Monty at uh, the Comfortably Excluded podcast, which I actually did a guest spot on uh, not too oh, long ago, nice. um, talking about uh, you know intersectional and you know discrimination and identities across black the black spectrum and the queer spectrum, uh, and so check that out. Uh, but she also noted to me that Adelaide is vegan in the movie, so like when everyone else is eating fast food, she's eating like strawberries, uh, and so it's like. Uh, She's I, not eating rabbit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, <no. laughs> she, and so, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she doesn't eat meat throughout this entire movie, which is an inter another interesting mm -hmm. little piece of character development. Um, and um, also, like, that, the way that things, like, work or don't work once they're, uh, like, close to each other. So anytime um, Jason... Like the entire movie, like his trick never works, and except for the two times when he's in the closest proximity to his doppelganger, mm -hmm. and so it's like the trick works when they're in the closet together, and then the trick works when his doppelganger is under the car, yep. and that's how he like knows that his doppelganger is is close because mm -hmm. the trick it's, actually it's works. Working. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a nice, nice little subtle reference there, or oh, not yeah. reference, but you know, connection. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, do you well, guys have any other notes? I just that what, because I didn't watch the trailer and I intentionally read nothing about it. Like I went in as you know unknowledgeable about the film as possible. I actually didn't know if the movie was called Us or U.S. like United States. Oh, capital U, capital Us. And so that was a nice. I was like, oh, that would also be fitting. Yeah, <laughs> it works both ways. Yes, we are Americans. <laughs> Uh, I would like to see the mashup of us with This Is Us. That would be a terrifying... <laughs> I want to see that, yes. <laughs> please, please make that. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
All right. Well, that actually wraps us up this time on us. And when we get back, we'll have some recommendations and a couple of shout outs as well. And we're back. <laughs> I scared Tara there for yeah, a second. It's <laughs> really loud. <laughs> She's very on edge. This is... what, what? Why would this movie have put anybody on edge? I don't get it. I have to say, I really appreciate. Sorry, we didn't say this earlier, but I said to Craig when we were walking in, I was like, "By the way, when if there's like a jump scare that's startling, I will scream, right?" And I really appreciated that there are no jump scares. There's a couple yep. in the fun house or in the haunted house, and nope, this is a much different horror movie, and I very much appreciate it. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jordan Peele for very few jump scares <laughs> which has become the whole genre of, uh, yeah. of horror yeah now I'm just gonna you know break all the mirrors in my house no big deal I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna do that <laughs> um, but yeah so we've got some recommendations today um, I will kick us off since we're talking about shadows um, I've been uh, well I do audible for the most part because yeah, it's nice to be able to like read a book, quote unquote, and also be able to do something else at the same time because yes, my attention span is, you know, shredded, ripped to shreds. <laughs> well, I'm sure you have lots and lots and lots of hours and hours and hours of leisure activity time that you could be re- spent reading. Oh, yeah. And just, not like commuting just, or working. or Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> just chilling out with my rosé. Yep. <laughs> Your medicinal rosé. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is uh, Book of M by Peng Shepard. Um, it is a story about um, a near future where people's shadows begin disappearing and with them, their memories. Uh, and so it is very, it's a very interesting, not obviously not direct like correlation, but very like kind of similar technology, or not technology. <laughs> very similar uh concept mm-hmm. of uh, shadows uh, and representing uh, part of yourself uh, which you know I'm sure goes back as far as yes, people age, have been recognizing the that darkness, they have shadows yes, yeah. the dark side of oneself or the opposite side of oneself yeah. um, so yeah um, I would recommend that um, I believe it just came out like a few months ago um, but yeah I've been enjoying it so far I'm about like halfway through it uh, it takes place uh, from, or the story is told from a few different perspectives. So, uh, you know, there'll be one chapter that's, you know, about Orlando. There'll be like a chapter that's, uh, that's the character's name. One that's about like his wife, Max, from her perspective. Um, and then it takes place in a few different places too. There's like a young girl from, or a young woman from um, like Tehran. And uh, so, yeah, it's very... Um, the, the perspective of the story takes place from a lot of different angles and in a few different timelines, which I find really interesting too. So you get like these different contexts of what's happening at different stages uh, as, you know, people start to like go crazy because they don't remember who they are. They don't remember where they're from. They don't remember to eat sometimes. They don't remember to breathe sometimes. Uh, and so, yeah, I recommend Book of M. Colin, what you got for us? Uh, I don't have really anything new, so I'm going to do a few different things. Um, I'm 
going to do a pre-recommendation. This Ooh. is something that is not out yet, um, but I'm very much looking forward to it, that Jordan Peele is producing a reboot of The Twilight Zone for CBS All Access. Yes. Um, so once that comes out, get on that. Um, lately, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, um, which actually spends a lot of time in the mirror universe which does tie into yes, this uh, movie a little bit um if you want to see an actor having uh, just so much fun acting you should watch any mirror episode of dave space nine because uh nana visitor just loves playing mirror universe kira it's it's so much fun i think um, i saw you say something on twitter about uh deep space nine being better than tng did you say what? that I, I, I feel like you said that i feel like this you said is something i'm uh -oh. Uh -oh. i'm deeply struggling mm. with Okay, but well, this might have to be a whole. This, this might have to be. A, this, is, this is such a long conversation that we can't do it in recommendations. No. Um, but um, friendship over. <laughs> but at, as Deep Space Nine gets into the last three seasons, like five, six, and seven, when the Dominion War is really kicking off, that show really takes off and gets really, really good. Oh, you know what we should do? We should do another versus episode since we haven't done one of those in a while. Oh. And of, of like since, TNG versus Deep Space well, Nine. So yeah, so since of like both shows that are seven seasons. Well, long. no, no. <laughs> Can you listen to the rest of the concept, please? <laughs> so, <laughs> since I don't have a whole lot of experience with either of the shows, you two would pick like Exemplar three episodes, episodes yeah. each that you feel like really get this point. Yeah, we we could do that, but my argument is centered differently. But let's let's make this as a as All a right. separate idea, and we'll, we'll talk about it's it. It's an idea. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're just um, gonna hammer it out here on 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 mic. <laughs> And, and my last thing, um, I'm Hope going to... Hope you guys are ready to stick around for another hour and a half. <laughs> Listen to us by through lunch. <laughs> my last thing will be a re-recommendation. I've recommended this before, but I've been listening to it so much lately, is um, the Dead Pilot Society, which is a podcast where they take um, comedy pilots that were developed at networks but were never produced, never actually made, and they give them the table reads that they were never, like, got to have. And it's it's like a... TV version of Blacklist Table Reads in that way, kind of. Um, but it's I've been having a lot of fun with it and just learning the craziness of how television is made and like the nonsense that those writers have to go through in order to sell like any show. The fact that any show gets made is crazy. Um, <laughs> but good episodes to start with are um, My Cousin Thor, um, Jetpacula. <laughs> yeah, Jetpacula was off? never Weird. even sold, but it's it's amazing and. Um, Allah in the family, and the fact that nobody is making Allah in the family is a travesty. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I'm going to cut in with just one more because it's back to Shadow themes. Uh, it's a new game that just came out, and I picked it up. It's uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Uh, it's from From Software, the same people that did uh, like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. It is. From everything I've heard, I haven't played Dark Souls or Bloodborne, but from everything I've heard, it's like easier. But I'm like, haha, this is like relentless. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, it's fun though. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's very like, um, I feel like it very much like goes into like, it's not just like a hack and slash type of game. Like you have to like very clearly like understand the movement of your enemy and be able to like make the right move otherwise you will be punished you will be punished <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah Sekiro shadows die twice that's awesome all right all right well uh, for my recommendations if you liked this movie you might also like well obviously get out and <laughs> Kean Peel's TV shows especially the horror related ones uh, I'm gonna give another um, 
not to bamboozled again, even though that we've talked about that a couple times. Uh, the Night of the Living Dead, right, which is a kind of classic horror film. Shaun of the Dead, if ah, you like comedy with your horror. That's my favorite Edgar Wright movie. <laughs> um, in the documentary realm, I would uh, point out Homeless Home, Homeless Home, three separate words like home sweet home, homeless home, is a really great documentary from the late 80s by Bill Brand about homelessness and how it happens and what it actually means. and um, How we fixed it? How, we, how it got fixed. Yeah, yeah how it got fixed, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I would also point out, uh, for those of you who might also be terrified of rabbits, <laughs> is um, Night of the Mary Kay Commandos. I don't know if you know this. This is from, the, again, from around 86, which is um, Bloom County, the comic strip, which is about Mary Kay cosmetics and their animal testing on rabbits. Mm. And so the rabbits all break free. It's about animal testing. It's about white guilt. It's about the NRA and mass shootings. This is from the 80s. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you might want to check out um, that uh, collection of comic strips, Night of the Mary Kay Commandos. Um, and last but not least, if you want to do something that doesn't feel like or isn't necessarily pseudo activity and actually want to do something, donate to the ACLU or the Southern Poverty Law Center because they actually get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Um, I have a couple of shout-outs. I mentioned uh, Comfortably Excluded earlier. Uh, I was recently a guest on that podcast. Um, Where can we find Yeah, them? they are on Twitter at uh, Comfortably E. And let's see. We've also got one of our favorites, uh, I don't know if our episode is out yet, but I'm sure it will be eventually. Uh, we were on with Amanda at Amanda Picture Show Go Go. We talked about Roma, both Colin and I, uh, and we had a good fun time. Um, again, Tara couldn't join us on that one because she hates women, and so um, yeah, so she, so we, me and Colin had to do that one alone. <laughs> but she did release a recent episode on The Godfather um, that you should check out. Uh, we also have uh, the Movie Drum podcast, who recently released an episode on Big. Um, they're always shouting us out and thanking us on their episodes, and we appreciate that. So we're returning that favor. Thank you, guys. Uh, we've also got um, the Countdown Pod. They are at Countdown, the Countdown Pod on Twitter. Um, and they just released a Hotel Mumbai. And yeah, we just want to thank them for sharing our post on us and for, yeah, just being awesome guys in the Movie Pod Squad. Uh, everything I Learned from Movies, also another one. They just did Mac and Me. Um, pretty fun stuff there. And I think that about wraps us up on those shout outs. So thank you guys. Thanks for being awesome. And thank you for listening. If you would like to find us, we are on Twitter at IWITWT. We are on the Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IWITWT. You can find both Colin and I individually. I am at Catharticus. I am at Colin Munch. And if you got something to say about Tara or something to say to Tara, you could say it to us. And oh, you can also tell it to us in person at Denver Pop Culture Con. Oh yeah! In, yeah, in June. Yes, we ah, that's right. I almost forgot to make that announcement. We are going to be panelists at the Denver Pop Culture Con. We are going to be talking about Hatsune Miku, who is a pop culture phenomenon that Tara knows all about and we hardly know anything about. So Tara is going to introduce us and our audience to Hatsune Miku. 
Uh, we will try and figure out some way to get that audio out. We will have either some sort of like YouTube thing since there will probably yeah, be a lot be of a visuals. Lot of images, yes. um, but yeah, we're going to get that worked out. If you're in Denver, um, you should probably, you're probably be coming already to Denver pop culture con. So, um, so when come is hang that? Out with us. What date is that? Uh, well, we and don't know when we they don't, I don't think we have a date yet, yet but okay, it's but going to be like it, this summer. Denver pop culture con is usually the same weekend <clears throat> as father's day. So, um, it's usually that weekend. So it'll probably be that weekend this year. Um, if not, we will update you on the next episode as to when that is and when our specific uh, panel is. Um, but yeah, just keep that on your list. If you're going to be in Denver around that time, come out and see us. Oh, it's May 31st through whatever that Sunday is. The June 2nd. Oh, perfect. There we go. Yeah. And look at that. Just like that. Thank you, technology. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is going to be the weekend of uh, Denver Pop Culture Com. We will be having our panel on one of those days. Get yourself a three-day pass. Why not? It's fun. Like, come out and have a good time. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, watch out for those shadows. lucky in that we've seen like between Into the Spider-Verse and Black Klansman and yeah, this one yeah, like there's been a lot of really, really good, good movies stuff. that have come out oh even we just did uh, what was the last one that we just did Captain Marvel yeah that was yeah, 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 yeah. I mean like a middle of the road and I know you hated it you I did like, hate it all women yeah. you hate I all hate women, all women. You know. that's right oh, I keep forgetting that I hate all women <laughs> that's why there are no other women on this podcast because I fucking hate them and will destroy them I'll eat them like the mother eats the bunnies <laughs>